Grab a seat at the bar to join us for another episode of McAnally's Pubcast, a podcast exploring the fun and fantastical mind of Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files series. Hosts Tans and Jess and me bring you another round of literary analysis on this immense, immersive, and colorful environment inhabited by Harry Dresden, the world's only licensed private investigator and professional wizard. Join an active and engaged community of new and diehard dedicated fans focused on the fabulous themes, theories, characters, context, lore, and more. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 10.30, Sympathy for the Devil, where we are covering the novel Death Masks. My name is Tanzan, and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Shoo-wop. Shoo-wop. Do-ba-do-ba-do-wop. be. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 33. Dresden and the Knights recover from the ordeal after Murphy brings them to Butters for their wounds. Dresden receives Shiro's sword cane and a letter from the old knight. Harry takes on responsibility for retrieving the shroud and finds Marcone trying to use it to heal a young woman. Harry allows Marcone three days to try, in which Marcone willingly gives the shroud back afterwards. Nicodemus tries one last time to trick Harry into taking up a coin, but Harry seals it in his basement. Harry wakes up in the back of Michael's pickup, the quintessential loss of consciousness per book ending check. Right. <laughs> yeah, so Sonya's keeping him company back there. Um, Murphy's driving, and then she's like, oh, hey, Murph, you showed up. He's like, it's just a torn. And she's like, yeah, just don't talk, Harry. <laughs> but he's like, it's just a torn. That makes sense, right? And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, the shroud. And so it's kind of a nice little nod there, because you're right, like, when I think of this thing, I think of this very old, thin piece of linen kind of a thing, right? And you're like, yeah, it shouldn't really have held up. So, magical, religious, what's going on with the shroud? I mean, as previously stated, magical or not, the fact that people just believe in it gives it magic again, so. Right. It's either doubly magical, or at least just gets magic from the fact that people think that it's magical. <laughs> you know, chicken or the egg. Right. So he passes out again <laughs> and wakes up on an autopsy table. Oh, I'm not dead! I'm not dead! <laughs> Bring out your dead! Here's one! Ninepence. I'm not dead! What? Nothing. Here's your ninepence. I'm not dead! Here. He says he's not dead. Yes, he is. I'm not! He isn't? Well, he will be soon. He's very ill. I'm getting better! No, you're not. You'll be stone dead in a moment. Oh, I can't take him like that. 
It's against regulations. I don't want to go on the car. Oh, don't be such a baby. Well, I can't take him. I feel fine. Well, do us a favour. I can't. Well, can you hang around a couple of minutes? He won't be long. No, I've got to go to Robinson's. They've lost nine today. Well, when's your next run? Thursday. You think I'll go for a walk? You're not fooling anyone, you know. Look. Please know something you can do. I feel happy. I feel happy. Ah, oh, thanks very much. Touch all. See you on Thursday. Right. <laughs> So Butters was elected to remove the bullets, so less uh, questions are asked. And uh, Butter- <laughs> Butters, of course, questions the x-rays because something, of course, went wrong. <laughs> Can't tell where it is, but if he screwed up. And we get we get to see that uh, Harry sees Michael alive and, and right before he loses consciousness, consciousness again. So we do know that Michael survived! Which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. Which is a great thing. Like that for Michael. Right. But my question is, Butters, why... Are you willing to perform this illegal autopsy outside of the view of the cops when you well, got in trouble all, for being so by the books in the first place? Harry is very much hoping he's not going to be performing any autopsies, illegal or otherwise. Well, <laughs> it's kind of his point. Surgery, whatever. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a really good point. I think that's exactly it, is that, yeah, he was very by the book, and he's like, hey... Three books ago, we had all these dead things that were humanoid but not human, and they're like, mm, "You're a psychopath," and I definitely I think that's part of it for sure here. That he's like he's still a little bit like I don't really, but it's probably a little bit like yeah, screw them, right? Like what did they do for me? Nobody backed me up, and nobody talking to nobody. They just literally tried to kick me out, and he had to fight like legally for his job and everything like that. So I think it's a combination of Murphy's his buddy; he trusts Murphy. So if Murphy, and again, Murphy doesn't break the rules lightly. She will break the rules, but she, right? So, so I, this is Harry's problem is that he just goes around being like, oh, you got burned by the rules too? Come join my club. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> and exactly. And that's turning like, everyone to the dark side. Well, and that's totally how your little band of misfits works, right? Like exactly, you know, it's like, what's this one thing we all have in common that we can bond over? <laughs> See, and I just figured that Butters knew that uh, Harry didn't have any medical insurance. So he's like, here, let me do you a solid. Right? Like, it's probably a combination of all. Too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, yeah, he hasn't done too much for Butters yet. This guy is getting an increasingly worse jackets every day I see him. <laughs> <laughs> he started out with such a gorgeous one, and I thought, fuck is he <laughs> Right? So, yeah, I, th- I think that definitely that some of that whole experience is definitely, yeah. Anna Balmont was doing him a solid to not let him bleed all over that nice jacket. She was, ultimately. Yeah, destroy the jean jacket, destroy the windbreaker, destroy the old duster you're not wearing anyways. I just seen Jim Butcher writing out this, and he's like, oh, crap, the ta- the jacket goes back and just edits it. Exactly, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Right? Gonna she's like, the I can't wreck the jacket. Yeah. The water just... damage will be horrible for it. He needs something else. Yeah, he's like, let's just, you know, there's always a woman, so let's just conveniently... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that's totally, I think a lot of it is, is Murphy's relationship and they hate Butters. This is, you know, all of that weird shit. He might have some answers. Like you might want to, yeah, just <laughs> doesn't hurt. Just so, yeah. So thankfully, yes, despite the malfunctioning x-rays and all of that, presumably better manages to locate it and remove it because he wakes up yet. Although I found this interesting. I don't know if it's supposed to be because he figured Michael was dead, but he's like, why does he fear Michael's there as like his armed escort to hell? I'm like, I don't know when Michael may be there to escort you to heaven or any other network just watching over you. Or... He's dramatic. He's just so dramatic, dramatic sometimes. And sad. <laughs> right. 
He's like, yeah, not only my dad, but like, let's see, my best only friend in the world is gonna like drag me to hell. <laughs> but to be fair, like, it might not have been the real Michael. It could have been just like Harry's brain is like, I'm gonna imagine it's a Michael instead oh, of a demon, you know? Because yeah. everyone's got like that whole like, my dead mother is the one who like welcomed me into heaven, or like every book has like, you know, probably not. Probably it's just an angel or a demon, but you're the one who's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But if either of you die and see me, it's really me. <laughs> well, as you said, it's like going to be an angel or a and demon. sabotage. So, <laughs> a demon. <laughs> and we will definitely know it's the highway to hell. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, makes it through all that and wakes up in the carpenter's guest room. With a small boy staring at him. <laughs> Howie. And it's cute, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, what does he say? Like, he's a couple years. Like, he's old enough to start talking in that. I'm like... Like, he wouldn't recognize or know Harry. I'm like, they call that, it's Harry. They call him Harry all the time. Yeah. Why is he like, Howie? Like, it's like, but, you like, know, your parents you? drag in some, like, half-dead man into your house and is like, this is Harry. No one go into the room and bother him. And all the kids are like, oh, we're going to go into that room and bother him. <laughs> I know, but I just think it's, it's I don't know, something about it, why that just sort of, because he's just like, I'm Harry. And the kid's just like, Harry. And I'm like, but you're also Harry. You would be like, I just figured there should be some. I mean, he is like- still quite young, but it could be one of those things. It's like, you're named after this person. And you're like, that's my person. I'm named after them. That's extra cool. Maybe. The rest of the children are like, we can't call but you see, Harry because we have a Harry. But, see, but he's obviously introducing himself. So he hasn't really spent time with the kid in the last couple of years since he came along, right? Otherwise, he'd just be like, hey, kid, how's it going? You know, but he's like, I'm Harry. So it's like the first introduction. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just thinking of most small children I know. And you're like, hey, but they're like, I'm not Pumpkin. My name's right. You know, or whatever or something most like that. Most small right? children, though, you have to reintroduce yourself for several dozen times if you're not seeing them every day. Well, maybe that's My own siblings, something. they're 10 was- and 11 years younger than me. It wasn't until they were, like, in kindergarten that they actually were able to, like, remember who we were between visits. I we suppose. used to have to it's reintroduce just, ourselves every time. It's, it's, it's literally just about the name itself kind of a thing to me is, is all it is, right? It's just that he says it like, like, this is the first time the kid has ever repeated the name Harry, you know? Like, if this is the first time he ever met you and you're like, I'm Jessica. And he's like, but that little toddler boy is named after Harry, so... The little boy gets called Harry every single day. Maybe he's by his just siblings and his parents. That somebody his... else is named Harry. And I guess right. Maybe. He doesn't say Harry before Harry says Harry. He repeats he, Harry. He repeats it, but he doesn't. There's no question mark or anything to be like. I know it's just weird. I don't know why it's one of those little things that sticks with me. But it's just something about that exchange has just always struck me as slightly odd. About like I don't know. You just need to hang around more 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 shy children. All the small children you know are. Way too much personality. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Anyways, goes off, grabs Michael. So then in the meantime, Harry notices Michael's armor laying next to the bed. And he's like, huh. <laughs> yeah, Michael's more or less in one piece. And, and Harry makes the comment that your faith protects you. Eh? <laughs> My faith protects me. My Kevlar helps. And so that we get an acknowledgement of that's how he really did survive. And that charity is very practical. And and I love that she she's like that you get this little glimmer of, right. of a little more depth from her that she was either a machinist or mechanic and worked on motorcycles like that's cool that's cool well and cooler than just that is the fact that she makes his armor he's like oh like charity made you put that in and you know exactly the very practical of like exactly I'm like this day and age you can just as easily get shot so aside from the stabby wounds let's make sure you're covered and that she put it in and Harry's like what and he's like oh yeah Charity makes like all my armor and you're just like what. That's so 
so cool. She's super cool. <laughs> like, right? It's just like, man, this woman knows how to make like modern day chain mail and whatever. Like, fuck yeah. Not just a mom. Not just a mom. So, yeah, I guess again, four like point blank bullets to the chest, I guess is still enough to, because uh, <laughs> it dropped Michael at the time. Mm-hmm. So, I guess that much, a lot of force. That much impact up close was still enough to, yeah. Put yeah it was like four bullets, not just one. Like, yeah. It's a lot to take in the chest. That, yeah. yeah. With yeah. or without armor or, cha- or Kevlar. And also just playing well. dead is just a great <laughs> well, that's great defense true. Too, that, right? that, that is a great defense. But I mean, again, you know, Michael's never going to play dead if there's others that need protecting either, you know, unless it was like half a second so the bad guy turns around or something. But... But, yeah, exactly. Oh, no, Harry and Marcone. (laughs) Who will protect them? (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, he's like, hey, we're going to dose you up. You know, you get to eat, blah, blah, blah. Harry gets Vicodin. Yay! Which, interestingly, how, because I'm pretty sure most medical examiners, most morticians, do not have a prescription pad. Now, I feel like there are exceptions to this rule, because I feel like in NCIS, Ducky wrote prescriptions all the time. But I think he was... A licensed doctor and kept up on both. Now, you do not have to be one of, one of the beautiful things, and I think why a few people end up as medical examiners and not doctors is because if you cannot pass the test to be a doctor, you can still be a medical examiner. Because if you fuck up, it's okay, they're already dead. So I don't know if Butters has, is Butters like a full, was he a fully trained, licensed doctor and he does have a prescription pad? Or is he just a medical examiner that works on corpses and doesn't? So where did this Vicodin come from? You know, Murphy pull a pill from the from the confiscated drug stash? Or does Michael have a few laying around that he didn't use? Like, you know? So I can't say for certain. But. <laughs> for legal reasons. <laughs> no, I, the way that America's states work is that it goes state by state on whether or not you have a medical examiner or you have an elected position. Right. And one you need a medical license for, and the elected one can just be anyone who gets elected into it, right? Okay. So the fact that Illinois uses a medical examiner in Chicago, you've got, like, an actual, like... it has. You have to have a medical license to get that role. You're not just elected in for whatever, right? You look that up is what you're saying. Yeah. Is that... Okay. So... So Butters is a fully qualified doctor. So he... So in order to have a medical... If he's a medical examiner, he would have had to have had a medical background. Same thing as Ducky or whatever. Maybe, you know, whether he does or does not keep it updated, he would have had to have started with one in order to get that yeah. position. Okay, yeah. So I think, you know, you can just make the leap and be like, yeah, he still has the ability to write prescriptions. Okay. Or at least smuggle drugs somehow. Or, well, yeah, right, this is all... <laughs> He's friends with a pharmacist who's friends with a, you know... Yeah, well, and this is the thing, right? That's I was Murphy. like, Murphy just got, got it from the evidence locker. She's like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> well, right? Like, this is the thing. I'm like, do they pull strings, pull strings, pull strings, and have, like, your illegal surgeon get you an illegal prescription from you your pharmacy? You can get anything off the internet. Well, this too, but again, you know. When you're Maybe dealing, not in 2004. When you're dealing with people like Michael and stuff like that, too, you know, you're just like, how, how many corners are you going to cut? How, how far Charity are you going to Charity just also root? makes her own pills. Well, this is entirely You got a whole chemist thing going on somewhere. I was like, wasn't it earlier in this one when they're in the kitchen making exits when they bring in all the groceries, right? And he's like, Charity can make like a meal out of anything kind of a thing. So I was like, yeah, it's just one more thing, right? She's like, yeah, we'll just... <laughs> yeah. A little apothecary, a little... Um, and also pain drugs. Smith work, blacksmith work. <laughs> yeah. Some poppies growing in the backyard. Right, yeah. <laughs> Don't ask questions. <laughs> right. God works in mysterious ways. Here, Harry, have a Vicodin. Mm-hmm. 
but just this once. Now, Harry, as Harry heals, he gets more information on what happened. Um, Sonia is safe. Uh, Marcone called in Murphy. Murphy called in Marcone, and then Marcone called back in Murphy because she was the one that had to contact Marcone in the first place to get them. The oh, helicopter. I see and what then you're Marcone saying. Then call back Murphy to come and collect everyone once they were done, right? Sorry, I so. thought you were saying that secret phone call from before. Yeah, so there was a couple that went back and forth. That's so how Murphy like, showed up on the scene, yeah. Hey, Lieutenant Murphy, why do you have a cr- biggest crime, crime boss's <laughs> contact information in your most recent calls? <laughs> Multiple times a day. <laughs> like, just following up leads, checking evidence. I mean, come on, you know how active these mobster types are you know it's like you said before just like hey did you kill this guy no okay hey did you kill this guy today no okay hey did you get <laughs> worst police investigators ever <laughs> doesn't well, even call him just text him it's like was this you nope well you All know right. because every time marcone's just gonna be like talk to my lawyer so you know i mean again murphy's always gonna try but you know marcone's never gonna give it to her so you know it's 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 that round of exactly right like i'm gonna ask you you're obviously gonna deny it and make me go through but you never know one day you might just be bored and just be like fuck yes Okay, (laughs) that one was me. Can we just move on? (laughs) Marcone set up a new number the next day. Anyways, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's 50 million like burner phones. And so, yeah, so I'm going to assume that the Daenerians killed the actual like train crew. My brain kept wanting to like twist those words. You know, the people that were actually supposed to be operating the train were just, oh, sorry, wrong place, wrong time. You're dead now. And then, yeah, the ones Mark or Nicodemus's goons did the old suicide pill thing, which is just so typical of fanatical goon types. Right? Boring. Right? Like, you don't know. You could have come... Like, they just left you there and walked away. It's not like you have tongues to rat on them. <laughs> you, right? Y'all just should have waited a bit because everybody jumped off the train and Nicodemus and Deidre were the only ones left on it. They would have just been like, hey, guys, let's go now. But no, y'all went and like, oh, no, and killed you. And I was like, yeah, you could have got out of this, guys, but okay, whatever. I just, you know, I'm like, me, I would wait until like the guns are like, or the, the cops are like coming down the car with the guns drawn <laughs> and be like, okay, well, I guess now's the time. But, so yeah, and it also avoids, yeah, Rudy. Rudolph got promoted. Good for him. Yeah. No longer an SI. Great. But now he's in internal affairs and just as obnoxious. No, that can't be a problem. This is, yeah. Internal affairs. Those are chill people. Right. Murphy's never going to have problems with them. No. It's, and hasn't already. It is a nice little exchange between them two. Because she's like, all right, like, if this comes back to bite me because I bailed you out again but you know it's their typical like I'm glad you're alright. We're fighting the good fight Murph. Fighting the good fight yeah and uh, and she's like and what are we gonna do next time? And he's like I don't know she's like no the answer is you don't know exactly but you're gonna call me and talk to me from the start so once again Murphy's like come on Harry (laughs) (laughs) like at this point I know what's going on can you not make it harder for me to, to bail your ass out when I need to and she's so cute here. She's like, you get less busted up when I'm around. He's like, well, that's true. So, yeah, then you found out that, yeah, Rudolph the brown-nosed reindeer. And, uh, yeah, she's like, well, whatever. It's not my problem. And you're just like, oh. For now. For now. <laughs> that's, mm, yeah, a little foreshadowing there from Harry. Well, that can't be good. Well, <laughs> we get a little bit more here in the bedside before they kick him out. Because in his recoveries, when we find out Shiro's whole wrap-up, too. Yeah, the knights present Shiro's sword along with a letter and Shiro had written Dresden to tell him that he lives in a world of greys, that he must trust his heart, 
and that he's a decent man. And he's also enclosed a medical report saying that he had terminal cancer. So Exactly. Yeah. So it's good of him to acknowledge. He's like, the knights do have an easier time with things. Like, you know, we really don't get to do the gamble. It's easier to just say it's yes and no. It's much more cut and dried, yeah. Right? It's, it's harder for you who does have to go back and forth a lot more often, but... You know, it's a very nice acknowledgement of like, but like, it's a we're on the same fucking side, Dresden. Like, keep the faith, yeah. whatever that means for you. Right. So, so yeah. So they've recovered all of them, all the swords, and Harry's initially like, yeah, no, you just, you, and he's like, Shiro told you to hang on to this and do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then exactly then the mail, which he's confused about getting there, and it's just like everything about it, right? It's like right off the bat, it's like this beautiful calligraphy on the thing, and then this beautiful touching letter from Shira that's like, hey, dude, you know, probably didn't get a chance to talk about all this because mysterious things going on, and let's not, you know, I'm sure a touch of it was the don't say too much and alter the, you know, all that prophecy crap and stuff like that too, right? The rivers like, of time. Yeah, if I tell you what's going on, you might change something and that'll, you know, but if I don't really get a chance to come up, then exactly, right? So it's this beautiful little callback to like when they had their, the dual meeting at McAnally's and... You know, everybody's coming out and, like, you know, talks to Thomas. And he talks to this and talks to, you know, and he's all like, yeah, you know, Terry's going to kill you. And he's like, everybody fucking keeps telling me that. And, you know, Cheryl lights up his little cigar and he's like, those things will kill you. You know, and Shiro's like, not today. And it's like, you already know that. Mm-hmm. Like, well, Shiro knew that. Actually, as a matter of fact, yes, this is going to kill me or is killing me, but. I know yeah. I'm, I'm yeah I'm not actually gonna wait for that to happen that's not you know like so it's just that the humor in the moment at the time of that thing of just like those things will kill you and he's like not today and then in the end you're like oh but oh that was a little like you know you're joking around and you just oh. but when you live a life like that you got to allow for the pearl activities while you can right like Michael seemed to have taken the route of like family but for everyone else well you know you get your own other vices or whatever <laughs> Well, and this is it, you know, and I mean, it's it's not that crazy. I mean, again, I do like that, that, you know, you've got that mix of religion, you know, you've, you've got the tongueless cultists, fanatics that'll do whatever for their god Nicodemus, you know, and then you've got like the Michael and the Sonya and the, the Shiro that are, they're religious, but they're not, you know, doesn't mean you can't have anything to do anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, Shiro smokes, big whoop, you know, Mike, we know cracks a beer, like, you know what I mean? Like, exactly, right? Is, is they're not, you know, they're good people, but they're not, like, whatever, right? And we know Michael will tell little white lies to get around things or whatever, too. But, yeah, it's that whole point that there is so much more cut and dried, so much black and white, because they're getting this, if they get sent somewhere, they're like, okay, God's telling me to do this. So, obviously, no questions asked, whatever God's feelings on this are, right? Whereas Harry has nobody guiding him like that, right? He has to make all of those calls for himself. And that's, I think, one thing that the knights have that, again, is, is if, you know, if they're question, is this right or wrong? Well, it has to be right, because otherwise I wouldn't be doing it, right? Like, there's, if the sword is still glowing, then I'm obviously doing okay. There's, yeah, right, there's no question, no answer, but so, yeah, even if it's not something they would choose, even if they're like, I don't want to run around and kill this person, they're like, okay, well, obviously this is what needs to happen because this is where I'm being sent and what I'm being told to do, right? And Harry has no luxury in that where he, he has nobody to pass the buck to or whatever, you know what I mean? It's, he's got to figure out for himself, right? So... It is that nice that it's like, we know you're struggling, we know it's not easy, but uh, once again, we all know you've got a good heart, like, you're you're trying to do it for the right reasons, and, you know, 
So, yeah, it's just... And yeah, like uh, just, just acknowledgement of, you know, like an older colleague sort of thing too, right? Like for Michael, it's much more a little bit... Michael's a little bit older, but it's a little bit more like... You know, we're kind of at the same, like, you know, whatever we fight about and whatever we agree about. But it's nice to have, like, Shiro, who's More been in the game so long, and be, like, give you kind of permission to be, like, listen, I get it. It's hard, but you're you're doing fine. Yeah. Well, and again, like, Shiro was that little bit more mystical sort of, you know, like he says, Michael's his buddy, right? They're a little bit closer in age. They've known each other. They've been through his little bit more day-to-day. And this is, you know, this other guy coming in that was so skilled and so this and then just suddenly you know what i mean it's it's that um you know hero thing martyr hero thing, complex whatever well not necessarily complex but ex- you know like like people you meet near you know what i mean like don't be your and stuff like that right you're like oh this person is so amazing like all oh, they see them they come in and they fix everything and they're like so mm-hmm. smart and they know everything and then if you actually saw them day to day to day and learned you know that they pick their nose and that's so why you're not you know, supposed they, to meet your hero exactly yeah. right you know but i mean like that's the thing is shiro had this sort of little short that yeah there wasn't any time to get to know any of the little like just become day to day like oh yeah it's my buddy shiro you know he just kind of swooped in and saved the day and this oh my god what is and you took this for me and you don't even know me and then he's gone again right so and you kind of you know there's you're not going to come off that pedestal mm-hmm. or whatever right so I think that's part of it too whereas Michael he's like you know the day to day of Michael you know is like I've been there done that right I read um still fucking trying to get through these Kathy Wright books <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah there was one book where she introduced someone at the beginning of the novel and said you know oh I've been friends with this person my whole for like 20 years or whatever like that but the first time we ever met him spoken about him talked about him at all was in this like you know let's say the 10th book or something like that right right? and by the end of the book she died from cancer and it was all like she's like grieving and crying and all this shit and blah 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 and I wrote in my like review I was like why you've met you've had a new friend in every book I was like why not kill one of them who we already know and have a connection with why just like introduce them for this book just to kill them off by the end and have like just like a plot for this book and then it's instantly wrapped up and goes on or you could have established you had cancer now but it's not until a couple of books later i was like it's stupid that you just needed it for this one plot device and then nothing else and like just to make your character sad by the end of the book right yeah but it's much more better executed in this book where it's like yes i I found in this book you know shiro was a lot more consequential that despite the fact we only just met him and it's a lot we were all yeah we're all deeply affected you're like not shiro you know and exactly it's harry's journey like we were exactly right there with him we've known him just as long we know just as much about him you know and yeah he did seem like this amazingly wonderful person you know that we're like no don't and I find it interesting in his little letter here, too. And he's like, don't worry about it. He's like, you know, my family knows. And I'm like, again, what family? Right, so we know Michael obviously has a wife and kids and things like that. But we're like, we don't know. For, like, obviously, sure, is old enough. If he's in his 70s or whatever, we determined. He very well might have done the same life Michael did. Maybe he got married. Maybe he had a bunch of kids. Like, we don't know, you know. are Is his wife dead? Did he never? Are these... Um, you know, like extended relations or these like nieces and you know what I mean? And it's just, it makes you that little bit curious, you know? It was like, well, again, we only saw Shiro. And what individual. did you say to your family? Like, I'm going to Chicago to die. Goodbye. <laughs> well, well, that too, right? And you're like, I'm, I'm. Because well, especially yeah, if you've so got a father or that. grandfather or an uncle or something, you'd expect to be at their bedside as they get sicker and sicker and get to say your final goodbyes. And Shiro was at the airport being like, I'm not coming home. Love you guys. Goodbye forever. <laughs> like. Well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I I didn't take it so much that that he had for sure done his final goodbyes. I assumed that he had told them, you know, that he had the Mm. cancer and things like that. Yeah, I never took it so much as that. It's more just that, you know, like, he told them he had the cancer and all this kind of stuff and that they were going to be expecting it. So the fact that it just 
happened on this business trip. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what story. I don't know what story they're going to get back in the end because he obviously didn't die of cancer. Is this going to be again another supernatural Murphy? Post dated the letter two weeks ago, which is like ten days before the events of this book, right? That's why I said right? that's why for but a second. He I asked like, Charity. He was like, would Michael trust this guy? Do you say yes? Should I help this guy? Right? Yeah. So it's still funny that Shira was even still. He's like, okay, I knew I had to come help Harry Dresden, but now that I've met you, you're a little shady. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that was for Harry's sake. To sh- you know to what I mean? Show, like maybe he already knew he was, but he was like, you know. So and- it's just funny that he was still here. And he's like, okay. Technically, I've lined up my entire vacation to align with you, but charity? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? Because I was like, again, how these, these vacation. <laughs> days... Co- yeah. <laughs> Not really the correct word, Business but... <laughs> trip. His business trip. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go away for work again. Hmm. Um, but yeah, because again, how these books always, like, stretch and smush the time, and mm-hmm. you're like, it's been, like, three weeks, and you're like, no, it was two days, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, Yeah. Because, again, that's what I always think. I always think, like, oh, yeah, it was shortly after he got there. He still could have, you know, and it's like, oh, no. But, yeah, they weren't here for, like, two weeks before it all went down. So No. I don't think I realized it was post-dated two weeks uh, ahead. Like, that totally does change. Yeah, yeah. right? Like, you sort of skim over it, and you're like, oh, yeah, you got here, and you're like, oh, yeah, but he didn't get killed two weeks after. <laughs> it's like, fuck. Yeah. But I guess he didn't show up in town to be Harry's second. That was a curveball Harry had for him. Well, yes, that, yes, that was definitely... Not something that was initially in the scheme of things, for sure. See, again, they're not all knowing. They don't know everything that's going to go down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, uh, so, you know, was that, was that Shiro's whole thing? He's like, well, one or the other, I got to die for him, so we'll just see who gets there first. It's like, I'm either going to I'm either gonna step like in Harry. with Nicodemus, or I'm going to like step in with the duel for Ortega, or one of these guys is... Or will be the cigars. <laughs> <laughs> so on a more happier note, Harry gets his jacket back. Dry cleaning is threatening to charge him for late fees. I don't have anything that goes to the dry cleaner. I'm not that cool. They won't dry clean my sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Annabelle Mont has left his jacket for him, so that is retrieved in good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, along with his car keys, a note. <laughs> Thank you note where that happens to reveal where his car is. Yeah. Sweet! <laughs> right, we get it back. Oh, actually, one more thing I was going to touch on with the whole Shiro reveal thing is that Michael sort of lays it out for him, right? Because he's like, oh, I get it now. And Harry's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, it makes sense. He, like, stepped into your place. And Harry's like, no, it doesn't. Like, you know, and Michael's like, yeah, but you were the one that had all the connections. You know, you had the police you could talk to. You had the means to clear the airport. You had, you know, and so, again, it's that kind of like, oh, damn. Like, Harry's like, I'm not important. Like, I'm not nearly as important as Shiro and blah, blah, blah. And Michael's like... Actually, yeah, you stop. Like, that seems like nothing to you. You're just like, yeah, whatever, right? But it's like, we couldn't have done that, Harry. He's like, we wouldn't have thought of those things or we wouldn't have had the people to contact to do them or... The right man in the right place at the right time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's this, yeah, again, this whole other, like, oh, damn, this whole mystical, preordained, I don't know, step in and take your place curse thing. It's, yeah. Well, yeah, and it, it touches up on just, like... You know, Harry obviously is the main character, right? The whole world, yeah, in a sense, has to revolve around, around him. him yeah. And, you know, he has to be the guy to know the thing or the person or the this or the that, right? But at the same time, the, uh, you know, world that Jim Butcher builds is just so intricate. And there's just so much going on at all times that it's, you know, nice to get the little reminder in there, too. Be like, it this is. is the main character, by the way. 
Well, it is whether or not I kill him <laughs> <laughs> several times or not. I don't know. But this now. is well. I was gonna say it's that relatable thing too, right? Like again, it's so easy for us to dismiss our own like talents or skills or things like that. You know, for a lot of us, not everybody. Some people are completely the opposite. <laughs> it's like you're not really as talented as you think you are. But you know exactly. I'm Jess. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Maggie. <laughs> so, you know, mm. both ends right there. <laughs> but yeah, exactly right. It's, it's yeah, that thing of he's like, I'm not important. I didn't do anything. And you're like, no, but this really is. This, this was huge. And the whole Father Vincent thing. And so, yeah. So they're also trying to figure out about the Shrek. And Marcone apparently still has it because he just disappeared because he's like, I'm out of here, Murph. Go pick your people out of a lake. Right. And then, yes, finds out all the rest of it and gets to go pick up his coat and jacket. So then he gets back home. More mail. More mail. He returns home to a a postcard with a phone number uh, to Susan. And Harry lets Susan know the outcome of everything. Yeah, sometimes it feels like the older I get, the more confused everything is. Like, yes. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I get that, too. (laughs) Let me underline that. Highlight it. (laughs) That's like, I'm also kind of going back over um, The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. And there's a part in there where there's this young girl goes to get you know, to crest become a ward of like this big scholarly woman and blah 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 blah. This is one of the things they talk about is philosophy or whatever. And she's like, "Well, you think?" Because I think the girl's only like seventeen or something like that. Um, and she's like, "Well, yeah, but you think it's so easy? Like you're kind of in that in between. She's like, you're caught between you know childhood and adulthood. She's like, you're learning all this stuff. Like you're intelligent, you're logical, but there's a part of you that still has that childish desire to just be like." one of these days I'm going to get the answer that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's, why Why is the world like this? This is, you know what I mean? And it's like, and that's, yeah, I was like, it's true, we do. And, you know, the, the character, she's like, oh, she's like, yeah, she's like, I guess I was kind of, like, again, you're right, I know it's not that simple, but yes, there was a part of me that was like, if I can just do this, everything will be fine, yeah. right? If I can just pay this one bill, I'll be back on top of everything. I'll never be behind again. Well, you know, whatever, right? And I'm like, yeah, it's true. You're right. We so do that. We're all like, once we're an adult, we're going to have the answers. There's people, right? We are our governments, our doctors, our, our religious, they know what's going on. They're ruling the world. They got the answers. We'll figure it out. We'll, and then you just, yeah, you get more and more confused and you're like, I know nothing. They know fucking nothing. Why are we all just, <laughs> oh, they're creating the problem. That's solving it. <laughs> oh, wait, what? <laughs> So, Not to say that there aren't adults that are responsible and actually adult-like, you know. They're, they're definitely. I hear they exist. I, yes. Oh, do they? I don't know. Oh. Again, I think this is a little bit like your heroes things. I'm sure I have met one or two of them, and I just have not yet known them long enough to be dissuaded that, oh, no, they're just as fucked up and crazy as the rest of us. So they still hold that impression, mm-hmm. right? You're like, no, but they actually really seem you to never have a they're... personal conversation with anyone ever again, and it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> right? That was awesome. This is why you can't go to a therapy because everyone's going to know that there's something wrong with you. <laughs> You've ruined the whole hero thing. you ruined the whole hero thing. I love that they all have their little, like, like it's just easy. Pe- I mean, I can guess in the context, obviously, it makes sense. But I'm like, I don't know. If I just had, like, a random postcard show up with a phone number, I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to question the... My curiosity uh, would get the better of me. I'd be like... <laughs> Yeah, but the, I mean, the, the Rio kind of is a big clue giveaway, yeah. right? But for me personally, like, I just wouldn't want to have that number track because a postcard doesn't have an envelope. It's not hidden. It does not. It's every fucking mail system it goes through. You don't think there's vampires in the U.S. mail system? In the 1700s? 
South America mail system? Sh- like, Well, sure, but they're not going to know who or why. I mean, again, I'm sure everybody can call that number. Still, and if I'm a vampire and I'm trailing Harry's resin everywhere he goes, I'm going through his mailbox, too. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess the actual, like, carrier, uh, yeah, yeah. I just think I it's, like, a little bit too... I get it's, like, um... As an image, it's fantastic, okay? Just a yes. postcard with a number. Security-wise, mm, I feel like you could try, like, a little bit harder. Yeah, yeah, there's... <laughs> Poor Jim Butcher, you guys are so, like, <laughs> ripping him apart. I create a character who can't have a cell phone, and then <laughs> all my readers... Butcher, butcher, butcher. Carrier pigeons. <laughs> if you just put carrier pigeons into the series, I'd never complain again. <laughs> My goldfish memory, of course, is going to write into these books that, that there were <laughs> At some point, she'll be like, what book was it that Harry sent? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't Susan send a picture from, like, We should start doing that like... to Tanzan. <laughs> you remember, that, like, remember the book when he was on the moon, Tanzan? Yeah, yeah. This is just like that book when he was on the moon. <laughs> How have you possibly forgotten that? <laughs> remember the moon book? Uh, moon tune. Moon tune. <laughs> Fortunately, I now have chapter summaries for everything. <laughs> I'm going to break our own website to create a moon tune page just to gaslight you into thinking it exists. <laughs> you and anyone else I can trap. <laughs> yeah. So Susan lets so. Harry know that... that um, that she didn't know Martin's motives and, and that he got her out of town before she regained consciousness. So it, she, she didn't just bail on him, the, like jump country. Well, yeah, like, she's like, I, was, I wasn't there to use you. I didn't know this was, like, I legit was coming back to say goodbye to you and my editor and, and you know, grab my favorite little black dress. Like, <laughs> And I get that, I get kind of where Susan's coming from, that she's like, seriously, please believe me, this wasn't a whole setup. But, like, I don't think Harry was taking it as a setup. Like, oh, you guys used me to get close to Ortega. I think it could have been read as just Martin was like, oh, here's a good opportunity. Like, at, to me, it doesn't read like, oh, this was this whole big thing, and this is why Martin was here. Like, it could have easily been read. Like, it could have you guys easily. are going to be at Wrigley? Like, okay, cool. I'm going to also go to Wrigley. I, I definitely think it was uh, like a both thing. Like, yeah, Susan was probably, I mean, because obviously, you know, we found out that they've been working together for a while, right? Her, her and Martin, Martin have been partnered up in this new um, fellowship that she's becoming a part of. Right. So, yeah, I think for her to be like, okay, yeah, this is where I want to be. I want to continue on this path. Let me go and close that final. You know, I just kind of left things open ended in Chicago. Let me go and and have that closure, that finality. Right. And I do think that Martin took it as an opportunity to keep tabs on, you know, because, again, they would have known that, you know, Ortega was coming for this duel. So either it was very lucky that Susan also or we don't know, maybe there was some very subtle behind the scenes manipulation from Martin or, you know, the, the organization. Yeah, they were it was like, you know what? We're a little bit slow right now. Now would be a perfect time. Go pack your shit. She's like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, right? Like, I could very easily see some of that going on as well. And yeah, we don't know necessarily how much could have been planned. You're like, what were the impulsive opportunistic moments that Martin, but yeah, I, I, I do feel mm-hmm. like that. End of the day, Susan got to pack up her shit and get her closure and Martin failed to kill Ortega. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I definitely I can see her being just apologetic from that point yes. of view. Like, not that she necessarily felt that Harry would have thought she was for sure, but 
And again, this this whole Nicodemus, she's like, oh, did you manage to beat Nicodemus? And he's like, no, I got away from him. Mm-hmm. Like, again, right, we're following up on this theme of, of, no, we didn't beat the bad guy. We just got fucking lucky to survive him. Uh, to me, when I was reading this chapter, like, it seemed to get, like, like the word I had in mind was despair. Because it just gets kind of, like, sadder and sadder and sadder. It's like, we didn't even kill the bad guys. We barely got away with our lives. Susan's gone for good. Like, this and, and we a- see as this chapter goes on, too, like, he... I'm jumping ahead a little, but we can come back around. But he he takes down the cards from Susan. He take he puts away the ring. He you know Closes after after that, yeah. Um, the last two books where he was so like Susan, 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 Susan. All yeah. I want to do is protect Susan and save Susan. I'm gonna find Susan, a way. I'm gonna find a Don't way. talk about Susan. Don't say anything bad about Susan. Michael Don't. and Murphy were like just barely keeping the dudes or, and the alphas were just barely yeah. keeping the dudes social and happy and eating and whatever. Right, and he's been so gung ho about it and single minded. To finally just being like, okay, he's close that chapter, give up, whatever. It just seemed to get like for a minute they're sadder and sadder and sadder. And I was like, right? Like, there's a lot in this book. It's a big book, it's a heavy book. And again, right? Like, again, I'm like, I'm not as traumatized as the first time, but I still know, you know, I'm like, this is why it still comes back to me where I think I was so traumatized the first time around with this book. I'm like, Shiro was so one and again like the graphic depictions of of what Shiro's body ends up like and mm-hmm. what they did to him you know and then exactly this we didn't beat the bad guy in this book you pretty much have and all the others you know and they're like there is no solid conclusion and he's still out there and exactly this finally it, again this bittersweet it's like the giving up on the hope of Susan but also the she's taking care of herself she doesn't need me to come you know she's not yes. out there somewhere hiding and and you know she's learning to adapt to her new situation and her new being and find a place for herself right so you're like it's good well, but so I was reading this end of the chapter right and I'm thinking to myself like I had the word despair in my head and I was like it's so sad and it's getting so dark and stuff like that and then we came and recorded the podcast where we this was you know five or ten chapters ago or something like that right and the word that Nicodemus was using was like yeah my whole thing is to spread despair and I it was like oh Entropy. bitch did it like, uh, he like yeah, yeah like he left this book and he was like good everyone's fucking miserable uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I didn't get my ultimate goal, but I still fucked up a lot mm-hmm. of shit. So hey, that's not my all that. Yeah, yeah. Still got something out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that can go wrong does like, <laughs> like Larry Fowler suing him. Ortega lived and it still plans to kill him. Yeah, Susan doesn't like, have a lot of good news for him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just so you know, he made it back, and he's letting it know to everybody he's coming to get you, and he's called in all his favors and all his lieutenants, and Harry's like, swell. Great. Uh, my, my favorite part, though, of this that, that like this wrap-up, though, is, like, Harry wakes the next day up to, to Ebenezer telling him to just watch the news. And it just so happens that Casa Verde was struck by a fallen Soviet satellite, and there what? were no survivors. Crazy. Like, how convenient. That- that is, I just, I just loved that it was like asteroid Dresden mm-hmm. to the rescue. Like it was just completely this full circle right there, and it was like yes, 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 yes. And this is where Butcher has this nice talent of doing that. Sometimes you get a callback or something, ha- and you're like, oh, this is like a giant smack in the face, and you don't. You get this little what you think is this little throwaway conversation 
with Harry and Ebenezer. Come back to the farm. Come, you know, like, shit's going on. Come back. You'll be safe here. And, and he like, said in that chapter, too, he was like, I knew what Ebenezer was really saying. He was offering me protection on the farm. He was like, well, yeah. just stare up at the night sky and be happy for a minute, right? Yeah, but when do we, yeah, look at all that stuff. Remember when we used to, and he's like, yeah, I don't want to bring that onto your doorstep. Like, Harry's like, I don't want to do defense with Asteroid Dresden, but if you want to do offense with Asteroid Dresden. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's the thing is I don't even, like, again, it's, it's more subtle than that even then I think Harry was all like literally it was just like this this again this coded of like oh yeah remember we should hang out and he's like thanks I get what you're saying but yeah I don't want to bring that to your doorstep and bring that on you right and then yeah you think that's all it is that it like it could have been a million things he said he could have been like we'll go ride a horse you know he's like we'll go shoot cans off the fence post well you know what I mean where's that old telescope where's that old telescope and then yeah you get this beautiful moment of where like you say it's far less than the let me introduce this friend that's been like 20 years old oh no she's dead he's like what Mm -hmm. what no what but you're like oh yeah Asteroid Dresden, we've had no mention of it, this or that, but again, it's like, oh, sure, you just conveniently had an asteroid to drop, right? And you're like, oh, that's actually so. <laughs> Which, yeah, on top of that, Ebenezer's a fucked scary guy. Yeah, I was gonna just, say, it's like, shows you just how powerful he is. Just pull shit out of the sky. Two, two. We, we know he's considered an elder now. As he, now he's on the council, and and but we don't know really much more than that. Yeah. <laughs> but this is just like yeah. holy Other crap. Than, he yeah. can do that. Well, and to a specific target as well, right? Yeah. It's not even just that you're like knock this thing. Yeah, out not of just the, out of the sky. You, Let me you pull something pull from space. This thing, yeah. <laughs> To yeah. your doorstep. To yeah. your doorstep, right? And we've already heard Harry say this and that and his control and his focus and, you know, and again, right, like these entropy curses, you're like, oh, kind of make something and like, oh, yeah, your flower pot's going to fall on your head when you walk by, you know? And I'm like, yeah, this is a little bit more than even just an entropy curse, you know? Because, again, it's not even just some random satellite, their space garbage that fell out, you know? It's, yeah, it's, it's, mm, yeah. Don't reminded me not to get on Ebenezer's bad side. So, Martin, that's a lesson for you. I was like, don't plan your own plans. Just threaten Harry Dresden's life. <laughs> right? You could have. You could have. You will die. Whole, uh, yeah. Just be like, well. The following day, Harry goes after Marcone in Michael's truck, uh, and with <laughs> Marcone definitely putting some resistance to being followed and tries to cover his tracks. Even, even what sounds like what, uh, magically, he tries to do that too. Uh, Thanks, guard. Yeah. And, and Harry observes Marcone going into a private hospital to visit a girl in a coma. Gives her a teddy bear and reads to her for a bit, and then tries placing the shroud over her, and, and actually takes the time to try praying. So I have some issues with this scene. So how is so we know Harry was at the carpenters recovering for four days because this is on the fourth day. Charity proclaimed me well enough to get the fuck out. Okay, so he's been four days since this all went down. One more night to watch the news in the morning for right. Ortega gets getting home, fucked up. talks to Susan, finds out all that stuff, that Larry Fowler's an even bigger dick. <laughs> like, that's that whole insult to injury part right there. Um, you know, exactly, right? Go watch the news. So now it's, and then it's And then whatever. it says, and then the next day. And then so the next day. Six. So, yeah, we've got like a week now. I'm like, what the? Um, so, yeah, so we've had like a week or whatever go down, and now Marcone's just... Like, that's convenient. Let me wait until Harry's all better so he can meet. I'm going to try and, and and block him, but I'm going to give him a fair chance to try and track me. Like, Marcone didn't need those six days, as far as I can tell. He, he could have needed to recover from some shit, right? From some, he did not do, but he... Put he, his house in order. Uh, 
I, 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 I agree it is convenient, but you could easily fill the time. Like, he's supposed to be running a criminal empire, okay? That just doesn't just conveniently Happily give you a Monday uh, morning off of work, you know? Like, And he's, he's on the board of a, what, like, was it, is it a, was the hotel part? Oh, the gala thing that he did? Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's, there's wrap-up from the gala that he has to deal with, like, sheer destruction. Right, he had to just go and be like, okay, like, uh, let's make sure the Fallen aren't going to be on my doorstep. Let's, like, rack up these wards, guard, and what the hell are the Fallen guard? Let's figure out what the hell I, that's about. I, and- I guess. I just see, I mean, obviously his whole point was getting this thing. This was mm-hmm. this, what started this in the first place was Marcone's like, I want this. So you'd think he'd be like, now I got it. Let me go. Yeah, again, same thing. I'm like, if I was trying to find a magical cure for somebody, I'd be like, right. get uh, it to them right. So, and Marcone didn't do as much like physical hand-to-hand combat as the others did. He stood around. He shot at people. He had a little bit of a knife. Not nearly as much. He didn't get four pu- bullets point blank to the chest like Michael did. He didn't get beat up, knocked down, thrown. He jumped off the train. But let again, me give a new alternative. Please. In this scene, Harry approaches Marcone and he's like what the fuck is this what the fuck are you doing what's going on what's wrong with the girl and we get this whole backstory of like Marcone is like no we get like well, no backstory okay. <laughs> Marcone is like I'm gonna kill you yeah if you ever do anything just to don't her. Have, yeah. just don't and then we get the backstory from the soul gaze that first happened in book one when Harry was like I could tell that this guy is willing to do anything for some secret Has but some I don't know what the secret, hell the secret is yeah. and what drives him every day and now we know this is what's driving him every day. For whatever reason, Yeah, Marcone, we still don't know the motivations, but we have a glimpse of what that secret is. Right. So, Harry gives the advice, leave it on for three days. Maybe Marcone's done this trip every single day and has been praying every single day. Ooh. And I've thought about that, too. That is the other thing. I thought that maybe exactly he has been going out. However... He drives all the way to Wisconsin. It takes him like all night or all day or whatever it is to get there, right? I mean, partially with his stopping to block things or whatever, right? But this is the other thing, because that's what I thought too. I was like, maybe he's been going this whole time. But it doesn't feel like that either, because exactly what he says, yeah, Harry's Mark like- Mark sits in the chair and mouths, please, please, please. Yeah, you know, and if he's and and just again that whole follow up conversation where he's like, I'll give you three days, and Marcone's like, what? And he's like, well, three's a magic number. He's like, presumably that's how long Christ was in it. So by three sunrises, you should know because we again we talked about spells deteriorating and renewing and refreshing and all this with the sunrise and all this kind of stuff, right? So he's like, by then you should know. So you think if he's been doing this for like six days, that's already. T- but he's, you know what I mean? Like, but not, he's it? not leaving the shroud with the girl. He, it's a, a fucking expensive thing that the fallen are going after. He's not going to be like, okay, I'm gonna leave you with some like fallen angels now. Protect this hospital staff, right? He's wrapping up the shroud every single day and he's bringing it so home what, with him. So you think he's popping back in and just gonna put it on or now he's gonna leave it for three days? Yeah. Yeah, see, I don't see that making the difference either. Because now Harry's told him, like, just let this happen for three days now. Tuck her in and don't touch it. Leave I, it now. I guess maybe. I didn't look at it in I would, exactly. you know, Marcone could be more like, oh, I just worked so hard to get this and everybody wants it. I'm going to take this home with me behind my defenses every night and try again Yeah, tomorrow. yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, it just does seem a little bit for... And maybe Marcone will stay for three days vigil then. If that's all it takes, he's going to be like, okay, now I'll just stay here and wait three days then instead of... Maybe. And yeah, maybe that is the difference there of the continual as opposed to just bringing it every day and and doing it or whatever. But yeah, it's things like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's like, there's just too many sort of little inconsistencies that just, because I'm like, yeah, dude, you could have, again, 
you could have had a couple of days maybe to recover from jumping off a train. And again, I get what you're saying about he's got this whole empire to run. And you're right. And I mean, it's one of those things where I'm always like, when you're the top boss, it doesn't matter. You can fucking take off any day you want. And then you see the difference between, you know, the bosses that do that. Like, I've had a boss that, like, almost never showed up to work and was almost never there. And ones that are, like, will almost never take a day off. And I'm like, okay, there's different reasons and different personalities and different, you know, sometimes, yeah, you want to work your business, you're going to be there working your business. Some it, jobs require hands-on and some, some do not. And <laughs> some are better or not. Some are, again, you know, you have those people out there where, like, like, I think it was like an episode of Suits or something. I can't remember what the guy was suing for, but he's like, had some like piece of like equipment or something like that. And he's like, well, I also have like an ice cream company. He's like, I don't know anything about ice cream. I hire, you know, like, I was like, oh, this is a great product. I'm going to hire somebody that knows about ice cream, but I, I own it because right. I, you know what I mean? But I don't, somebody Dragon's else does Dragon's Den. The, you just put in the money and let everyone whatever, else Right, exactly. Shit like this, right? So you're like, you know, Marcone is easily in either of those positions. You're like, you know, he's going to get competent people because Marcone will not suffer fools. So he easily can be like, walk away to second. Everything's going to run smoothly because I got people in place. And you also know he's the kind of hands-on that he's not just going to leave everything to be run by everything else because... That's how you get screwed gotta go, over. Cap, cap, everyone you who betrayed me the last still, two days. Right, yeah, you still got to know what's going in and making sure that nobody is like, well, he's never here, he's not going to notice, right? But I just, yeah, I, I don't sure know. Sure that nobody's going to try to steal it from him. Yeah, I, I just feel him. like, yeah, if, if, you know, Dresden was laid up that badly and, and the knights, you know. I agree, it's Sonya had convenient. a broken arm that, yeah, I was like, you would have had a couple of days to rest up and then you would have been like the fuck over there. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, so like you say, we get this huge sneak a peek and like no fucking backstory. Right. He's like, what is she to you? Like, he's like, I'll get you. And he's like, she's yours. And yeah, I mean, it had me going for a while there when I first read this too. I was like, what? Marcone's got like some secret kid? Like, what? 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 Yeah, very mysterious. Well, I do like this scene, um, even if it, you know, annoys you with the the details. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's... I, 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 the reason why is because it really does paint this land of gray that Dresden lives in, because here's a vi- here's here's who he understood to be the clear villain mm-hmm. is doing something that Harry can't hate him for and completely understands. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't hate the scene for that. I just again, it's more yeah. the point of that. That yeah, this is the this timing. more very no no no. Just this is more very um, well set up that you've given us this other secret about Marcone or whatever, right? You're like what? But um, yeah, I mean yeah, the hate part was with the timing, mm-hmm. but not the but but on top of that too, and the part when Harry is like, no, I'm not going to tell anyone about her, and we don't tend to talk about spoilers for future books, but I can say right now, as far as Battleground goes. Harry's not ever mentioned her to anyone else. Not to Murphy, not to Susan, not to anyone. This girl, Harry's kept yeah. that secret. Yeah. So we know that, you know, when you've got this kind of dirt on someone. And oh, there's and a Harry's million opportunities. Like, he could have used it and done something. It's not whatever, worth it. Because right? that's too much over the line for me, right? He's made this deal with Marcone. Like, no. Yeah. Well, you get three days. And if that's it, you gotta find something new. And I like that too, where he's like, just return it to father. No note, no, just plain wrapping, no note. It just goes back. Yep. Right? And then, yeah, he's like, well, and what if I don't? You know, he's like, you're gonna expose her? Like, and Harry's like, no, I will take it up with you. And again, right, this is a thing. He's like, I'm not saying I'm gonna let it go, but this has nothing to do with her, right? Mm -hmm. Again, as far as I can tell from this whole situation, and, you know, innocent until proven guilty, until I know otherwise, she's just an innocent whatever, has nothing to do with anything. So I'm not going to expose her to get to you. I'm not going to risk her life. I'm not going to risk her care. I'm not going to... But I will definitely come and have words with you, right? And again, Marcone is like, can take that 
you know, fine, he is giving me a chance and all my criminal empire, you know, he's like, he doesn't know who this girl is or why she's here. I went through all this shit to steal this shroud and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But and paid a couple million on top of it. <laughs> and, which, I mean, in the end, he got it, so. <laughs> but, you know, like, yeah, exactly. You know, it's 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 that honor among thieves or whatever, right? I, like, Harry's like. In the like, end, he got it, but I think it's unfair that you had to do both the physical and the payment. I was like, you should only have to do one or the other. <laughs> yeah, he, he had, yeah. I had to fight for my life and pay a couple million dollars. <laughs> Although, you know, he didn't have to do the whole thing. Like, she did do the initial robbery and get it over there. Maybe so. Annabelle Mountain returned the money since she didn't deliver the shroud yeah no so she doesn't want marcone to track her down and kill her she was concerned about that but i think in the grand scheme of things also (laughs) i mean she was like exactly she was like i'm going through all this you're gonna give me an extra million for telling me how to do it yeah i don't still though i'm like she did not know what was going on in chicago no but she needed to disappear and now (laughs) there's a lot of others yeah like like, she deserved that extra Yeah, I mean, maybe a portion, but yeah, I think more likely she's just like, I'm really, really, really going to disappear and homework home never tracks me. <laughs> you know? yeah. She's like, Harry sort of got me well, away, so I'm just, yeah, just going to keep running, right? She's like, exactly. If Marcona got his hands on her, then she would have been like, you're killing right. me. But yeah, she's like, you, you stall things enough and put up enough roadblocks that <laughs> I'm just going to run away. I'm gone. If I ever get a whiff of anything, then yeah. yeah. So uh, there's a moment here too. It would have been easier to hate Marcone. I just couldn't do it. A few days later, Michael threw a cookout because Sonia was heading back to Europe now that the shroud had been returned. Yes. So Marcone did follow through. We know, right? So we don't know if it cured the girl or not. This is the other thing. I had a little bit of a nitpick with this because, yeah, after he puts the shroud on and, like you say, he bows his head to pray and he's like, that's something I never thought I could see, but, like, I could see his mouth forming the word please. And I'm like, if his head's bowed, you should not be. You're outside looking in the window. Super tall. What, well, presumably he's on the first floor. I mean, he's Did not a giraffe. Did he a profile? Because he could still see if somebody's head's bowed from a profile. Uh, I, maybe profile would be more. I just, yeah, I get the impression when he's like, you know, that you're sort of looking. Like, the way I see it is that Harry's looking in and the bed is like, would that be perpendicular to him? And then, like, Marcone is sitting on the other side. So, sort of almost like a face-to-face him and Marcone kind of a thing, which is how he can see that he's reading and doing. Yeah, I, I imagine it like Harry's, like, standing at the foot of the bed, but from a distance. Oh, see, I see it, like, at the side of the bed. Mm. Not, yeah, but either way, I guess I just... He's I'm, clearly at an angle where he can see it. I guess he can. Clearly. Yeah, I was like... According to the text. Like, <laughs> you know, I, just, I was like, if you were head on and somebody's head is bad, that's the whole thing, but I'm like, I guess... According to the text, Marcone didn't need to go out until six days, and (laughs) Harry could see him say, please. (laughs) But yeah, he's like, he bowed his head, but then I could see him mouthing words. I'm like, no, you can't. His head is down. You can't see that shit. (laughs) It's like earlier, I think it was this book or the last book, Harry takes his shoes off like twice in one scene or something like that, and I'm like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine being Butcher and having to like go through every single little tiny detail? That's that what like, the editors are for. Is and listen, this viable? Like I would go insane. I would have so much anxiety every time I release this. This is book. why I'm not a writer. <laughs> yes. And I mean, there's a lot of times when you like, I mean, for the Dresden Files, obviously small little things like this, I'm totally happy to forgive, right? And there's other books too. There's some books where I'm just like, do you not have an editor? Who yeah. read this? Some, yeah. Sometimes it's unforgivable. I'm it's like, completely. what are you even talking about right now? It's like, like continuity errors in shows, right? It's like, you love me. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's kind of fun to find those moments where Julia Roberts. Was it Roberts, a bagel or was it a. Uh, it's a pancake and a croissant. Yeah, that's. that's, that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more annoyed about the mugs changing color, okay? 
Stars hollow. Yeah. <laughs> Does Laurel- she eat that fast? Like, for real. <laughs> right? But yes, yeah, when Lorelai and Rory are sitting drinking, and one moment they're drinking out of blue cups, and the next minute they're drinking out of red cups, and it's the same scene. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, exactly. I'm like, things like that, right? You watch the clock on the wall, and you're like, wow, a minute ago, it was like 9 o'clock. Now he's talking, yes, and it's like yes. 2 o'clock. You know? You're like, how many times did you have to redo this scene? <laughs> I've got... Two more episodes, and then I'm done Game of Thrones. And, uh... The clock is wrong? No, Khaleesi's wig changed in the same scene. (laughs) She's, like, walking down a hallway, and her wig changed. And I'm like, that wasn't your hairstyle a minute ago. Right. Whoever was the, like, the costume designer for for hair hair or makeup, like, should be, should have been shot for for the wigs so many times. For the wigs, like, just... Oh, yeah. I got so excited so when I found out that was a job. So I always think like movie and TV, like it's so cool. And I'm like, but I, I'm not a writer. I'm not an actor. And then I found out there's things that these, these like continuity people that are supposed to keep track of how long the cigarette was and what color the cups were and what time the yeah. clock. I'm like, I can do that. I spent my whole life picking out those things. Pay me to do it. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. It's so like, it's huh, Oppenheimer, right? Mm-hmm. The flags are wrong. They've got too many stars on the flag. No. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, so that one's been a cute one. And I'm like, oh, I just know Christopher Nolan is mad about yeah. that. <laughs> How did nobody catch this? Yeah. But exactly, it's things like that. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, they're fun. I don't mind. Like, you say little things where it's like, hey, he just already put his shoes on. And yeah, some of them are like, okay, this is like integral to the plot or whatever. Or some shit where it's like, you're right. It just drives you fucking crazy. So yeah, so again, all this very gray and this forgive the, like you say, the, the, Sympathy for the devil, mm-hmm. right? Marcones is big, nasty, badass. Like, but he's trying to help this, you know, this 18 to 20 well, year, you know. I don't know if it's come up in the books before, if it's in future books, but at one point there's a scene when Murphy and Dresden are talking about Marcone. It's like, he's definitely a problem. We definitely have to deal with him eventually, but not today. Yeah. There's always something worse than Marcone, right? Until eventually Marcone is going to be the biggest worst and that's thing. pretty and then... much every book, yeah. I mean, that's definitely sort of a continuing theme that, you know, he kind of says it in the first book, like, whoa, wait a second, there's this bad guy that knows shit, but yeah, I don't have time. He's, he's not coming at me right now. Well, and then same thing. They Harry's almost always in it. that proverbial f- frying pan, like, where there's okay. so much shit going on. It's To the point, too, where we've said, like, we said a couple books ago, it's like, okay, we've met Marcone, we've met Harry, we've met Murphy, we've met Susan, we've met Thomas, we've met, like, this is the main cast now that's gonna follow us through the books. It took us two or three books to get to this point. Now we know everyone. You know, Marcone at the same time, he's come, he's been in a lot of the scrapes with them, too. He was there in the first book, he was there in the second book, he's there in this book, right? And Marcone just keeps surviving all the shit that they survive, too. So it's like, every time Marcone gets a level up, every time Harry gets a level up, every time Murphy gets a level up, right? Marcone's, I I said his name already, but he's right there with him getting that level up, too, right? So it's like, we're getting stronger. We can take Marcone one day. And Marcone's like, I'm getting stronger. I can take Dresden one day. (laughs) I also really like that up to this point uh, uh, in our reading, Marcone more often has been an ally than he has been. Yeah. This, and this is exactly the point that I was going to bring up is that exactly he is useful. And they're like, hey, we need a helicopter. When you need a helicopter. <laughs> I guess we got to call Marcone. Hey, we need this. I guess we're like, exactly. And he keeps showing up is the funniest thing, too. Is he keep because well, I get it. I get it's for his benefit. I get they're only calling him because that's the last option. Marcone's now only you only one that's the last again. Option. I get it, but it's still hilarious that each and every time Marcone's like, "Okay, guys, what are we doing this week?" But we are enemies. And <laughs> well, and again, I think this is why this works so well. Is yeah. exactly because Marcone says exactly the same thing too. There's moments where he says, "You're going to be a problem, and I'm going to have to get rid of you." 
but right now you're still useful to me. And and Dresden is like, one of these days you're going to be a problem, and I'm going to. But right now you're right. You're, you're well, and he also oh. still keeps trying to hire him too. He's like, are you sure? You're sure? It's, it's yeah. a little bit like Loki in the yeah. Avengers, though, right? It's yeah. like you are a bad guy, but as long as you're on Team Avengers today, we don't care about tomorrow. <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Exactly. Is very much what, and exactly they keep getting again with this other person that's you know. So yeah, and. And I think part of it is that they obviously, for those reasons, are kind of deliberately avoiding it. They, they could have an excuse. They could go head-to-head right now, you know, but neither of them quite feels like for sure. they. So they're like, they're, they're sort of okay to allow that to be ignored for a little bit longer, right? So they're like, yeah, because next time I have a Denarian to deal with, um, I can't I guarantee I'm gonna, I can't guarantee I'm going to know someone with a helicopter then, right? So exactly, it's that sort of just enough to... It's good that they keep being useful to each other, because it's like, I won't kill you as long as you're useful, but... <laughs> but one of these days, yeah. we're going to, yeah, everybody else will be gone, and it'll be down to you and me. Like and I said, they, they're leveling be... up at the same yeah. time, so they're, it's, there's no way for one to overtake the other, but should that ever happen, it's going to instantly... Okay, squash this guy now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you hope... So they do have this barbecue, for, as you were saying before, for Sonia. Mm, burgers. End of the book, yeah. barbecue wrap-up. Right. <laughs> and, and there's this cute little moment where, where Harry finds Sonia and Molly together with a phone book and, uh, and, and a phone with Molly tricking Sonia into pranking people. Yeah. <laughs> Very cute. So it, it is cute. So, Jessica, were you at all, like, when you read this, did you sort of know what it was, or did you sort of have to figure out, like, did you get the joke or whatever, being that you're the youngest of us and this joke is not a young joke? Fess up. So I know what a Prince Albert is, <laughs> but is that not what the joke is? That is not what the joke is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there was. So this goes back to remember he says Molly has his shopping list from the treehouse. Yes. And this was after his little cabbage patch doll homunculus that he gave chewing tobacco and whiskey to. So mm-hmm. he put on his list. He needs more Prince whiskey Albert. And can. Yes. This is a type of chewing tobacco. I know that. Okay. So, yeah, the thing was, is people come and be like, do you have Prince, uh, you know, do you have Prince Albert in a can? They'd be like, yeah. And they're like, well, you better let him out. And this was, oh. (laughs) I didn't actually know what Prince Albert in a can was. Okay. I understood that it was tobacco, chewing tobacco, because he says as much in the chapter with the homunculus. He says, he's like, oh, I used up the last of my chewing tobacco, but I added whiskey and Prince Albert to the list. I I understood that. But yeah, that was the brand or whatever was Prince Albert in a can. Okay, I've heard that joke joke. before. And and I always just thought, what a dumb joke. Is your refrigerator running? Exactly. It is exactly like that. Yeah, exactly. So so yeah, so of course, when the the store people were like, yes, yes, we do have this product to sell to you right now you're like, oh, you better let him out of it. so yeah so this is my question so i'm like first of all exactly so molly is like four so do, do we have it established that you and molly are about the same age as far as the books go we've first not book, ever established but. that so okay so my question is that exactly so jessica didn't so and as we found out tanzan wasn't because it is an older joke so how does molly who's like in between your guys's age she's not familiar with the joke so first of all i'm like i find that interesting that but she's a total bart simpson she's a total bart simpson but secondly, I want to know what the setup was for her. Because we get the whole joke is that Sonia is clueless and doesn't understand, right? All he knows is this is chewing tobacco. Why is everybody, right? He doesn't know about the old joke because it's not culturally familiar to him. It's not whatever, whatever, whatever. What kind of setup? Like, I want to know how Molly's like, here, phone everybody and ask them if they have her You know what I mean? Because, you know, Sonia would be like, why, why would I do that? Like, what did she say to him? 
to intrigue him enough or to convince him or to whatever to like literally start going through the phone book. Oh, Harry's been through a lot. Will you help me track down his shopping list for him, Sonia? You're an adult who can call about tobacco. I'm a child. I can't call about tobacco, but you could. I don't know. Right? Maybe, right? Like, was that how it goes? There's cultural cu- cultural differences, too. Like A 14-year-old girl walks up to her uncle and is like, call these people. And he's like, all right. Let me trick the Russian. <laughs> I get, Well, yeah, and I get that she's tricking. It's just I've always been mildly curious well, as to exactly. the humor of it is we don't know how. But yes, anyways, I love that it's just the subtle and they don't explain the whole thing and Harry's just like, I should tell him, but I'm not gonna. (laughs) I can pretend I didn't see that. (laughs) So Harry goes outside and and hangs out with uh, the little one and Nicodemus shows up and tosses a coin into the yard towards them and Harry panics and picks up the the coin and be seeing you, Dresden. Not above sneaky tricks, that one, it seems. And it's a despair, just a perfect despair, despair, despair. despair. It's yeah. Horrible. Not only is he not above it, it's like his stock and trade. Oh, sure, there's a sneaky, devious little way to just, you know, again, oh, would it be honorable to just admit defeat and go away? Mm, no. So, and imagine you gave a child a coin like that, too, right? <sighs> like, there's a famous tweet or Tumblr post or something like that where it's like, it's not ethical, but in a pinch, you can hand any cursed item to a baby. And it's like, uh, yeah, you can. Imagine the fallen just raising a child inside the carpenter home. Would have been amazing catch to get either of the Harrys. Ooh, like this. Right? Yeah, anything and everything. So I, I get You're afraid of Ivy having knowledge? Yeah, right? At least she's middle ground, Has you know? Has conscience is neutral is neutral, whatever, but yeah. having a child with that much knowledge on the evil side. <laughs> yeah, although I... She In development, too, so it's just, like, not even letting that kid develop well, exactly. a proper it conscience. Knows, it knows nothing it but this. It's like all his little cultist, tongueless freaks. Mm-hmm. But better. <laughs> Nicodemus is their god. They know nothing mm-hmm. about, you know, like... I don't yeah. know why you said that, and I just had visions of toddlers running around, like... <laughs> Tattooed with no tongues. Ah! <laughs> Creepy. So yes. So yeah. This whole this whole thing was so terrifying to me. So again, it was the whole like I wasn't necessarily expecting Nicodemus to pop back up at the end. Of, like you figure he's like he's out of town and gone. He's running for it too. Like yeah, the, you know, Dresden's like oh, we didn't beat him, we got away. But you got to figure at this point, Nicodemus is is much the same. He fucking took my shroud. You killed my goons. You. Have you killed Ursiel. It's and not the over until the fat guy. lady sings. And she you know, has not right? Yet. Like, yeah, you think at this point he'd just be like, fine, fuck it, call it a day, let's mm-hmm. go spread, you know, despair somewhere else, right? But nope. And exactly. And he throws, and so you do, you have this, this. Oh my God! You cannot You're do like this to a child. You're like in the theater screaming no right now, because right? You know what Harry has to do, and it's horrible. Yeah. Exactly. Just right. when you think it's done, it's this last yeah. jump scare. It, totally, completely, and exactly. I'm like, I, I can all too well envision exactly this, especially this in the last chapter where he's doing the summary. With, and that's right? the thing; it's not everything's fair. done. This is where everything's done. I went home. I combed my hair. I brushed my teeth. I took out the garbage. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. imagine your um you know, watching a movie, right? And they've saved the day. And at the very end, fucking Mr. Spectre shows up and then shoots Indiana Jones. And you're just like, oh, what? Uh, what? Excuse uh, me? Like, end credits. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. It wasn't Indiana Jones, right? It was James Bond. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell any of them apart. mediums all the time. <laughs> it's, cool. would be just as shocking. <laughs> yeah, I did not see that coming. And then Voldemort shot him solo. <laughs> oh, my God. But, but yeah, yeah, like, I, I can't even think of another movie where that twist happens, you know, with the exception of maybe, like, a horror movie, because, like, a lot of those end with just, like, Ugh, they're not dead. Right? But, yeah. <laughs> but 
Yeah, it, but exactly. It's unfair and out again, of nowhere. Five books. Five books where when we come to the wrap-up, it's the wrap-up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things left undone, but there's no jump scare kind of a thing. It's like, oh, we have to figure out where this happened. We're not sure why that happened, but I saved the day. This part is finished and done. But yeah, but the whole whatever, and I literally, like, because it's... <laughs> Forget the spare. It's devastating. <laughs> So yeah, so when reading all this, so the horror of the, because you're right, when that thing first flips out, and I'm like, oh my god, you can't let the kid, and I'm like, grab the kid, pick up the kid, don't, you know, but no, Harry and his, oh, I gotta, uh, and slaps his hand out, I'm like, no! Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Because you're like, again, this whole fight, this whole not book fair. has been, you've avoided it. You've been resisting. You've been, res- you, right? You've either, yeah full up and like no I'm not there and then you find out more and you're like oh wow I'm really glad I did you know and exactly and then yeah oh, just, mm, oh damn Denarians. and to add insult to injury too you know Sonya's like I smell something bad pops his head out the door like well right he's like I know right like Sonya senses it just a second where, where's this divine intervention where are you right time right, right. place you're like five seconds you're too late on here the Sonya property you're five seconds mm-hmm. too late and you're like oh diaper change you're like oh So Harry makes a French exit from the barbecue and heads home. He digs a hole in his lab floor to the tune of Sympathy for the Devil by the Stones. I haven't heard that before. A French exit? I've heard an Irish exit. Oh, is that that when you're rude and don't tell anybody you're going to a French exit? That's what I know as an Irish exit. Yeah. yeah, I think it's very similar. Same idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah European I, exit. You just I, leave. I, yeah. <laughs> like, I love that. I just had never heard it before. Like, I love that. Oh. French exit. I'm like, yeah. I use that. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, French people. We're Canadians. Yeah. We love the French. I, I used think. to always do that when I would go to the bars. Let's say French exit, French. Irish goodbye. I was like, I don't want to be the one that's always giving people rides, so I'd always just leave. Leave. Uh, that's bye. funny. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah. So sorry, yeah. Yeah, sympathy to the devil. Good tune. Right. Harry drops the coin in the hole with a, a steel ring, which he binds, and it stops that whispering. Mm. Right? This is the other thing. As soon as he gets it, he, Harry, Harry. He's like, nope, that. I can't hear you. Nope, nope. Hate so that. I did love this moment, though, because I'm freaking out when he touches the coin, right? And I'm like, no, they got him in the Close the book, walk around the house for a minute, cry. Right, right, and exactly, like, Sonya comes out, and you're like, oh, no, like, you're like, you need Sonya, but no, Sonya can't catch him, because he just, you know, and he sticks it in his pocket, and be like, right, and, this- just, <laughs> and then, yeah, you're like, oh, he goes home, and he starts, like, blocking it off into, like, whoo, Harry, okay, good, <laughs> let's go, you know, yeah. you know, I- he didn't just be like, oh, well, I got one now, <laughs> let's see what this baby can do. <laughs> I think I've mentioned it before, but, like, my first listening to the books was just because you used to play them around the house, right, or in the car or whatever like that but I don't think I really sat down and dedicated actual reading time until I was in high school where I like fully was like okay end to end everything that's come out which at that point was up to skin games I believe or um just before skin games probably somewhere on there yeah cold days maybe I think uh and yeah I read maybe like four or five of those books in one day because I was just like, I don't even care about class right now. I'm going to read this under my desk. I'm going to read this on the bus. I'm going to go home. I'm going to stay up all night long. i got to finish this shit right now. And I do remember this book. I was like, I had these last like three pages for like a week. Because I was like, I can't, I can't, I don't want to know what comes next. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's literally like you say, I knew I had three pages and I was like, I I, I don't want to know. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it was very much the um, whole time. That whole moment could have been a much worse uh, cliffhanger for the next book. Like, well, yeah. It was at least a little bit yeah. like, okay. Jim Butcher okay. was nice to add those extra three pages. Okay. <laughs> right. So this is the other thing, too. So he says he digs out this little, like, two-foot hole or whatever. Presumably it's not just coined with, like, two feet straight, because that's not a whole lot. So I'm like, okay, he's got, like, a little boxy area that... You know, and it took him, what, 10, 10, 10 hours later, I put down the excavating pick and glowered at my two-foot hole. So I'm like, was this, again, was this sort of a purposeful do something with your hands and, exo- you know, because I'm like, you fucking blow shit up all the time when you're, you couldn't grab your, bla- well, I guess his blasting rod got smashed. I just realized that. But I'm like, you didn't have something else. You couldn't have just done, like, a little power blast. I'm like, you spent 10 hours well, he can't Chipping go, he at can't your rent a jackhammer because we well, can't rent. He's jet. got like depleted. It's a rental uranium in yeah. his basement. He doesn't want to blow that shit up. No, but like I say, right? Like his blasting rod, he like actually, you know, I'm like collateral damage. I'm like, now you actually well, want to be put a little foundation yeah. level blast a little chip at your your floor. But like, still, we know he puts in the brass rings. He wants it to be good to fit in these rings and to be able to. I'm saying he could have saved himself some time and effort yeah. because yeah. But so I anyways, understand. Why anyways, work through. Point it, being, but point being is so yes, yeah, so we all know like okay, fine. Right, it t- exactly. It took him ten hours to chip this little, and then it takes like, idle hands are the devil. <laughs> it takes two buckets of cement to fill it. Well, is it two so, two foot depth or is it two foot in round? Is it like two foot square? Like, yeah, like I don't know. I mean, I, I just, imagine it's two feet deep, but there's also some and what, circumference I, I did kind of wonder because I did work masonry. You right? This is like how thick is this bucket? Like that's a lot. Exactly. That's right. I'm like again, you're bearing a get you on. You two both work construction. Jim Butcher didn't. Give him a break. I was less worried about it, but I did. I did kind of go. But you know what? That must be a deep hole. This this is the thing. Right, I was just like, yeah, I was like, he chipped a Which, really deep. Two feet bucket. for Harry is six feet for the rest of us. <laughs> is that guy math. <laughs> I'm I'm willing to wager that it was like two feet across, but much deeper. Yeah, so I, yeah, I I'm not sure. I don't know. I imagine that two just, feet down and also like two feet across. And he knows what it is, so it's scary. So he's definitely like, yeah, this thing fucking right for me, right? So yeah, this I'm like, you either built a very large, yeah, I guess I don't know, but whatever. I'm just like, how deep are foundations and houses? Also deep, your the sides of your basement, right? But below oh, wow. where we are right now, how much deeper? Well, how 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 much how? Because if I start this, digging in this, this basement, concrete? can I get two feet before I run out of concrete? I was thinking about that too, and I don't know because this is how old is this this house? Oh, it's that's old. an old boarding really house. old. That's so fair. Standards are going to be much different yeah. than it's modern. That's actually fair. I'm actually he's like, already in the sub basement. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's already in the sub basement, so I could see. Yeah, he might have been like you say a couple of feet, and then it might have just been dirt. So maybe yeah. that's why he's just digging out dirt and making this big ass hole and that's why he uses two buckets of cement to fill it in because it was like there is a cement only, there yeah he only could he only, be porous he it could be like just right. absorbing he, he, he didn't chip out like six feet of concrete he only chipped out a you know, yeah, a one few foot inches of concrete of, and then yeah but then he still made this big hole and I was going to make the whole thing concrete to yeah. hold this thing is so, okay that I could deal with a little bit better actually is that yeah let me just put a layer of concrete drop the coin yeah. add some more concrete <laughs> I'm like okay that's fair that this thing is now in a big block of there you go yeah, there you go for one solved it friends you've got a workable theory jessica i don't have to what do you mean what what <laughs> what? <laughs> what you misheard me <laughs> play back the tapes tanzan just replay that three times in a row There's, you know this is the stuff i edit out right? <laughs> <laughs> not that 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 was got to stay now 
So yeah. So Harry relaxes with Mister after he's done all of this work, and, and he examines the sword, which says faith upon it. Because mm-hmm. of course it does. Because you gotta have faith. Faith, faith. Those are the three swords: faith, love, and hope. Esperacius, Fidelacius, and Amarachius. But so yeah, so asks Bob to translate this character for him. Finds out it means faith. Um, and again, that's a very common, well-known, whatever Bible verse, depending on which translation you want or, you know, exactly how it goes. Um, but it basically comes down to, you know, like three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So this is because these are what the swords are. The swords are faith, hope, and love. I don't know if it's, you know, directly linked or not, but, you know, Amarakias is this big, heavy badass sword not yeah broadsword you know it's not just some little dinky like cavalry saber or anything like that you know but i just find that interesting that these are the ones you know and that that whole theme you come back to that faith is important hope is important but love is important and that's the one thing that will you know above all else will remain and last and you know and again right being with Harry and Susan and the whole theme there and that they brought in all the right, you know, I'm like, it's just kind of time. And for Harry to end up things. with the faith sword. And for Harry to end up with the faith not sword. Not the love sword. <laughs> not, 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 not the love sword. No love sword for you, Harry. Right now. You, you, you put that love sword away. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's layers going on with those things. Yeah. It's a really nice, um. It is nice. It's a fade out, though. Yeah. Just that last page. Maybe some things aren't meant to go together. Things like oil and water, orange juice and toothpaste, me and Susan. But tomorrow is another day. But tomorrow was another day. Oh. We do get sort of at yes, least, he, we see evidence of him being able to move on. There's finally, light at yeah. the end of the tunnel. He's, yeah. Yeah, he he's finally putting got his stuff closure. away. Closure, yeah. yeah. Res- resolution and closure. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, I'm not going to save Susan anymore. Maybe she doesn't need saving. Maybe she's going to figure out how to write. She hasn't gone off and embraced her vampire powers and like oh, i'm just gonna go out and be all out evil that's you know it's like nope she's still she's found a way struggling to against that but do good with it fight the good fight exactly you know and that, i've got bigger problems than her now i got bigger problems but you know again that nice nod in their conversation yes. too where he's like i like it you joke a lot more than you used to and she's like well i learned it from you like you're just gonna go crazy if you, you know there's nothing like using humor to cover drama right mm-hmm. <laughs> right chandler being those it's all good it's all <laughs> But exactly, yeah, just very... And that, yeah, you know, he's got responsibility for this sword that he doesn't know what the fuck to do with. In a book that Jim Butcher could have ended a lot meaner. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice of him not to. He does. I think it was well-balanced. A little, was, yeah, yes. a little bit of bomb for all the trauma and, and yeah, he's like, let's yeah. just, yeah, we'll, we'll pull focus away from that for a minute and give you a second. And breathe. <laughs> and breathe. And you're like, oh, season so. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of big heavy stuff in this book. Yeah. A lot of... And I know we say this every book, but, like, shit's getting real! <laughs> well, right, exactly, right? Now he's leveling up, right? Every time it's that much worse, with that much higher consequence, with that much higher payoff, with that much higher... Now what? Where, stakes, where, where stakes, do we go stakes, from stakes, here? Stakes, stakes, stakes. Mm, Walking around with a coin and a sword. That's mm, rough. Oh, right? Steak. Right? I know, <laughs> now I want... Steak burgers Another trip steak to McAnally's! That's another so, book, guys. Yeah, I think is that. that Thank it, you, that everyone, all for yeah. Our, whew, yeah. This is the last reminder that this is the last episode until September first when we return with vignettes. Thank you, guys, so much yeah. for sitting with us through Death Masks, and we will see you all when we come back for vignette or no. blood rights, blood rights, and vignette. Yeah, <laughs> I really want to get to deadbeat. <laughs> I really. I keep forgetting blood rights is before that. <laughs>
This concludes our episode 10.30, Sympathy for the Devil. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and machinalies.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm made the taste. I've been around for a long, long year. So many a man's soul and faith. I was around when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain. Made damn sure that Pilate washed his hands, sealed his face. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. Ah, oh, yeah. But what's puzzling you is just a nature of my game.